0: So uh, we're in our week two of our Christmas series. He will be called from Isaiah chapter nine. So we're going to read this verse together. Um, I'll just read it because it's awkward to read something together, isn't it? Yeah, let's do that. I'll read it together. Um, Well, I'll read it. You guys join with me. Use your eyes. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter nine. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So last week we talked about being a wonderful counselor. And we talked about the source of all wisdom wants to give us wisdom, and all you have to do is ask, right? To understand the things that maybe you don't understand in this moment, and God can do that. Anyone pray for wisdom this week? I did like a lot because that's my life. So, um, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk about what it means to be a mighty God. So Lord, we fix our eyes on you. We focus our hearts on you. God, if there's anything in us that's focusing on other things or, or frustrated about something else, God, we just, we just uh, tre- step out in faith to trust you today. And we love you, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. When I was a freshman in high school, which was a very long time ago, uh, we, I played football, and I was not very good. But um, I remember it was the first time we could go to the weight room, right? And the weight room was, like, literally in the basement of our grade school. And it was actually, like, a nuclear fallout shelter, you know, because it was built, like, in the 50s, you know, so they had nuclear fallout shelters. If you are under 30, ask someone what that means, um, who's over 30. Um, and I remember, we got to go as freshmen into the weight room, and I'm like, yes, we're going to get so yoked. It's going to be so awesome, right? And we were, like, the scrawniest kids, and we went in there, and we, like, had the bar, and we were, like, you know, just the bar. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is light, guys. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then I remember, like, we were there for about an hour. And we're like, gosh, we're going to get so, it's. And then all of a sudden, the seniors came in, the senior linemen came in, and all their names were on the boards for, like, I can bench 225 pounds. And I was like, oh, this is going to be very different. And then we felt very, 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 very weak and very small, right? And so when we think about the idea of being mighty, right, everyone can, can uh, kind of use that word and define it what, for what it means. But Jesus is described here as a mighty God, as mighty and strong, and Almighty means is that to be strong and brave, and then the word God actually means God with us. It means Emmanuel, which means God is coming to be with us, and so Jesus is called the mighty. He's like the senior lineman who comes down, and you and I are like the freshman very weak, very weak, uh, whatever we were, whatever position we played. This is what is it says about John, Jesus in John chapter one. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word is Jesus, just so you know, and the and the word was with god and the word was god that means that god came to earth and became flesh and it's that's why god jesus coming to earth was such a profound thing because he was not just a great prophet or a great man but he was the son of god he was both perfect as god but he was also like us man man and had flesh and blood like us and it says he was god in the beginning and through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made which is redundant that's okay and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. So Jesus is being told, like, he's going to come. He's not just going to be a guy who is real nice and real kind and real sweet. He's When God spoke life into the world and breathed breath into, uh, into us, Jesus was there. He is a part of that. He created all things with God, and there's no disconnect. There's no like God's way up here, and then it's Jesus, and we don't know about the Holy Spirit. We don't understand that whole thing, right? It's like no. Jesus is the light of all life, and the light for all mankind. And so he's t- when Isaiah's prophesying about what is going, what is to come, and who is to come. He's saying he's going to be mighty, like creation of the world, mighty, like creation of mankind, mighty. He is going to be mighty, and he's going to come unto us. A child will be born who are, who is. A mighty God, a mighty and brave God that it will be with us. So, last week we talked about wisdom and how the wonderful counselor gives us wisdom. Today we're going to talk about how the mighty God gives us strength. Strength is an interesting thing, right? Strength isn't always what you see. I know some people that I see and I'm like, oh, they don't look all that strong, but they are like tough as nails people. Do you know those people? Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, wow, I wonder if they can handle anything. And then they can handle, like, the weight of the world on their shoulders. They're usually called what we call moms. I don't know if you've heard of them. (laughs) This is kind of a new thing, a new term. They're called moms, technically. It's like when moms get sick, and they just, like, go about their business in life, right? And then dads get sick, and they're like, I'm going upstairs for three days. I'll see ya. If you bring me soup, that'd be great. Be honest, dads, that's how it goes. So I'm going to talk about how is Jesus mighty in our life. See, so you and I are going to have a tension throughout our whole life of what strength we hang on to, of what strength we try to do things through, in and through. And God doesn't ever want us just to do nothing and let him do everything. That's not how it works. But he's going to ask you in your life, are you going to start doing stuff in your own strength, or do you want to partner with the strength of heaven? And these are the three ways that God wants to work in our lives, to give us strength. Because as strong as you are, which many of you are crazy strong, God, at many times, does not want you to carry all of the strength yourself. He comes alongside and says, hey, can I, I'm pretty strong too. Let me carry some of this. So this this is what we'll talk about. First thing, Jesus is mighty to lift you up. So these are all partnerships with God. Jesus is mighty to lift you up. Isaiah 41 says this, Do not be afraid, for I am your help. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help, help you. Now watch this. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I will hold you up. I will lift you up with my victorious right hand. See, have you ever felt in life that you are sinking? Have you ever felt like, okay... I think this is going good, I can handle it, I got every plate spinning, and all of a sudden people hand you like a newborn baby, right? Or like five other plates, you know? And you're like, I think Jim Gaffigan does a joke. It's like having five kids is like when you have, you're like treading water and someone hands you a baby, right? It's a joke, guys, wow. Um, You and I try to carry lots of things. It is actually uh, something in America we've created as a virtue. The more you handle, the more you juggle, the more incredible you are. Wow, look at you. And God's like, yeah, that's great for you as you die on the inside. But I want to th- do things that when you are sinking, when you are stuck, I want to lift you up with my victorious right hand. What does that mean? It means that Jesus', the death, Jesus death and resurrection on the cross took care of all things, right? Nothing that goes in your life is over what Jesus did for us in terms of strength. Nothing is stronger. Nothing even kind of comes close to what Jesus did to us. And he says, when you need strength, I will lift you up with my mighty right hand, my victorious right hand. That means that nothing that you are going through has has beaten God. Nothing you are going through has beaten the things that God has paid his life for. And so he will lift you up with his mighty, victorious right hand. Every bondage, every area of sin, everything that you keep taking on in your life, even though you have so much already going on, God says, you can keep doing that, but what I'm going to do when you are stuck is I will lift you up. There's this great scene in this movie, which is the greatest movie of all time, called The Lord of the Rings, and I will fight you if you think otherwise. (laughs) But ever watch like an action movie, and you see someone about ready to fall down a cliff... And then you see, like, the guy reach at the last second and grab him, right? And then pull him up. Have you ever tried to literally pull someone up that's hanging dead weight? Have you ever tried to do that? I've done that with my children. I'm like, I can't. You're you're dead. I'm sorry. It's over. (laughs) You know? It was a good run. Those nine years. We did it. But it's done. You know? You have to be really strong to, like, pull someone up dead weight from, from a rock or something like that, right? And so there's a scene at the end where where this is going to be so nerdy, just deal with it, okay? Uh, where the ring is, is thrown into the... the, the thank you, Fires of Mordor, in Mount Doom. And uh, Frodo is grabbing on, trying to reach the ring still, even though he's ready to fall. And Sam, who's the real hero, pulls Frodo up top and pulls him to his safety. And that's what he's talking about. So many times you and I are trying to hang on to things that are not for us to hang on to. We're trying to hang on to things that are going to be destructive. We try to hang on to things that are going to keep us in our despair and our dysfunction and our struggle, and we think that's what we want, and God has said, I will lift you up with my righteous, victorious right hand, like Samwise Gamgee. (laughs) Right? Psalm 40 says this, I've waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. Jesus is mighty to lift you out of anything in your life, and not just once, not just when you're saved and you're like, you're like in all your stuff, and then God saves you, like, oh, He did it once. Now, and then God doesn't say, now figure it out, okay? Don't screw it up. He says, no, I'm gonna keep pulling you out because as people, we tend to get bogged down, anybody. We tend to take on too much. Do you ever feel like your mindset is so bogged down? Do you ever feel like you get in a headspace that you're like, I, it's, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be worse than terrible. I can't figure this out. Or you're so worried. You're so fearful. You have so much anxiety. You have so much fear. You feel stuck. That's the, you are in the muck and the mire. And God says, this is not a plan I have for you. And you are trying in your own strength to lift yourself up from something that you are not to lift yourself up from. And God says, "I've heard your cry, and I will lift you out and put your feet on the rock." You know, this holiday season for me is great. I love Christmas. I had a great upbringing, I had a great Christmas, I had great Christmases. Like they're my favorite. They're my favorite stories. Not everyone are had that story. Not everyone was dealt that set of cards like I was. And so I understand that people, this time of year, in your life, in your office, are feeling stuck. How's it going to go when we all get together? How am I going to be able to provide anything for for, for my family? How am I going to get out of my depression and my fear, my anxiety? Some of us have these patterns of sin in our life that are just destroying us. It's like, I, I, and I have these things, too. Like, I'm on the rock, I'm doing great, and then I step off because I'm, like, letting my guard down, and then I start sinking. We all have these things. Maybe you, like, deal with comparison. Well, this person dresses way nicer than I do, which is most people. <laughs> this person has way more money than I do. This person is, does way more than I do. And there's this comparison game, and you feel stuck. Or maybe you're like, I can't give any time to anyone ever, because you've become so inclusive and so, or so exclusive, and so, f- in your little box, you can't get out of it. Or maybe you're just so apathetic, you just don't care. Do realize apathy, is like the thickest mud you can sit in. Because you don't even sink, you just set. And God said that is that is that is a work of the enemy in your life, and God says, I want to be your mighty God to lift you up and put you on a rock. Because Psalm 40 goes on to say, and then you will sing. And then, and then you will, God, you will put a new song on my mouth. What does that mean? It doesn't mean now you're going to sing a bunch in the, in the yard or anything like that. It means that there'll be something, there'll be a new heart of worship in you because you will realize that you were stuck, that you were set, that you couldn't get out on your own and in your own strength. And then the mighty God lifted you up with his mighty righteous hand and set you on a rock. And now you will worship. Now you will sing. Now you'll be able to move forward. But, but so many of you are trying to move forward when you're stuck in the mud. And he says, I will lift you up with my victorious right hand. When you are stuck and sinking, Jesus will always lift you up. So God will lift you up. Next thing, Jesus is mighty to carry you. One thing that stinks about being a dad, there's not very many, but if you're is going to the zoo, if I'm honest, I hate going to the zoo. Not because of the zoo, because my ki- children want me to carry them, and it's like eight minutes in, and we're like to the tigers, and then we have like to get to the monkeys, right? And they're like, "Daddy, carry me!" And then for the next two hours, it's "Daddy, carry me!" No, "Daddy, carry me!" No, right? I'm not a big fan of carrying my children as I get older because they're huge now, and. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so it's, uh, I don't really like going to the zoo for that reason, so we bring carts and whatever, so you walk yourself, you're, in a, you're, you're eight, it's fine. But God will, God will carry you at times. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about sh- sharing our yoke, and we put Dalton up here with a big backpack full of stuff, talking about the burdens of life, right? And we said, no, can I let's trade that for Christ's yoke which is light. So we lifted up Christ. Oh, this is pretty good. I can handle this, right? But not only will he trade you burdens, but he will carry you at times when you can't carry yourself. Because so many of you live a life, and I do too, where I like, feel real good about life. And then I start working, and I start going, and I start giving, and I start pouring out, and then I don't fill up, and I don't fill up. All of a sudden, I got nothing left. And then I'm supposed sort to of trade a yoke. I can't even carry Jesus' yoke. And then that's the time that the Lord will carry you that Jesus will carry you in his own strength. And that is, not a, th- that is not an attitude of weakness. You are not a weak person if that happens. It means you are a wise person and a humble person and a person that understands that alone in your own strength, you cannot do all things that he has asked you to do. And the more you hang on to your own stuff, the harder it is to carry. So when life is too much to handle, when you are depleted... I know so many people that are just keep getting depleted and they just keep getting depleted, and they're just trying to endure being empty, and God's like, "Yeah, good luck. Try driving your car when it's empty, right? And you, sometimes that your circumstances are not changing, and you're like, "God, when is this going to change? When, I've been praying for this for x amount of years, or x amount of months. When are you going to provide this or that?" And there's times where you've got nothing left, and that's when the Lord will carry you. 1 Corinthians 10 says this, there's no temptation or no testing or no trial is what that word means. Has no trial or testing has overtaken you except which is common to man, okay? Which is common to mankind, which is exciting. There's nothing that's in your life that no one's ever experienced before. I remember when I was in college and I had this struggle and I was like, I'm the only person. You know, the enemy's greatest lie to you right now might be that you're the only person struggling with this. You're the only person depressed. You're the only person trying to compare. You're the only person trying to figure out the finances. You're the only person that's apathetic as you know what. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. And God wants to tell you, no, no, no. There is nothing that is not common to mankind. There is nothing that Jesus did not overcome and overtake and overpower. That everything that has happened in your life is not new. Right? Solomon says this. He's like, nothing is new under the sun. Right? That should give us hope. There's nothing that's, uh, that is not common to my, mankind. And it says this, God is faithful. He will not let you be tested or the trial will not go beyond what you can bear. But when you are tested or tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that time is when God will carry you. See, You and I go through hard things, and we struggle with things, and that's life, right? Again, the gospel never promises you won't struggle. The gospel promises that you will have the source of all power and authority from heaven when you do. And it says, what you're going through is not uncommon. It's not unique. It's not something that God doesn't understand or no one else understands. God says, I will provide you a way out. I will provide you in your time of need so that you can endure what you're going through. And that's when the like, Lord will carry you. Uh, a couple years ago, there was a quarterback, and uh, I like football, so deal with that as well. Um, and he broke his leg. He got tackled and broke his leg. Literally broke his leg. But it was the last minute of the game, no timeouts. And so he got up on a broken leg, and his lineman came around him and carried him to the next, fir- next line, took a snap through the ball. He fell down. They picked him up and carried him with a broken leg to the next, to the next line, and he... They scored a touchdown and won the game. Unbelievable. You, should, you can watch the video. His name is Byron Leftwich. It's pretty cool, right? And you can see him like, ba- like not even being able to put any weight on his, and, and, I, and I was like, man, that's a great visual of what God will do for us sometimes. We are broken. We are depleted, and we have to get through this next season. We have to get to the next point, to the next checkpoint, and God will carry us in our time of need, and that is not weakness in your life. And I know this culture screams, look how strong you are. Look how strong you are. And the reality of those people who are just trying to do everything in their own strength is that they are losing their minds on the inside. Because if one thing doesn't fall in line, then everything falls apart. If one, if two things, if this person doesn't come through for this, so this doesn't work for that, and I can't control this, and this house gets messed up, and that thing, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And it will crumble. What a great Sunday morning message, right? Because that's what happens. But God promises he will carry you. He will not only lift you up when you are stuck, but when you are hurt, when you are depleted, when you have to get to point, from point A to point B, because you have to, because that's what it means to be a person and an adult. He will carry you. And so many of us are just waiting for God to do something, and God's just like, yeah, I am. I'm carrying you. I'm helping you get to the next point. There's been seasons in our life financially where we're like looking at our, what we have and we're looking at what we have to pay and we're like, this is not going to work. This is impossible, right? And we are, we are tithers. We are people that believe that when I give first, God takes care of all things. And then every month, every week, we would pay every bill and we would have more somehow, right? Because we're not trying to do everything in our own control and strength. And we are depleted and we do pour out and God, God will at times just carry you to the next place. So when the burden of Jesus, which is light, he still will sometimes carry us. And last one is Jesus is mighty to lead you. See, the other word for mighty is not just strength. It's courage. It's like God is brave. We don't talk about bravery anymore, right? You know, we talk about confidence. You know what confidence is? It's something that is created after we're brave. And we're talking to each other. Hey, be confident. You just, he just needs confidence. That's what he needs. I was talking to someone this week. We just need confidence. I'm like, yeah, but how is confidence made? No one can answer that question. And if you know, you can preach next week, okay? This is what I think how confidence is made. It's when I have courage, and God comes through in my courage, and that builds confidence. And so the next time I go do something in the name of Jesus, I know God had already done this, so he's going to do that. And that's what confidence is. God is taking me through this hard season, and that's great, and now I'm, I feel confident that he's going to take me through the next hard season, and that's when we have confidence. And if you try to conjure up or make confidence out of your will, good luck. Have courage. Be brave. Know that the God of the universe has set before you something, and if he says it, he will provide for it. And if he has promised it, he will fulfill it. And the God who created all things is with us. The child will be born and he will be a mighty God. He will make you brave. And so many of you are frozen and just trying to be confident. Okay, I'm going to be confident. It's going to be great. And I think you should just throw confidence out the window and be courageous. This is who my God says I am. And this is who I want to be in him. And I'm going to do it because God has said it. And that doesn't take confidence. That takes courage. And when you do that, then you have confidence. Like, wow, look how confident this person is. It's probably because they risked the crap out of their life. They probably went for something. And they tried, and maybe they even failed a couple times, but they went for something. And man, they're so confident. That's amazing. So so either they did that, or they're arrogant, and they're as insecure as everyone else. You should discern between those two. That's wise. So Israel had been waiting for the promised land. This is a great story. And they're sitting at the edge of the promised land after 40 years. And Moses says, okay, there it is. Look how great it is. But go out and scout it. We're going to send out spies. They sent out 12 spies to check out the land. This is the land that God has given us. We've been waiting 40 years. Since the promise of Abraham, it's been like 500 years. Here it is. This is amazing. Oh my gosh, here we go. So then this is what happens. They go, they scout the land, they come back. And this is what it says in Numbers chapter 13. This was their report to Moses. Okay, so they come back to the boss, who's Moses. We enter the land you sent us to explore, and it was indeed a bountiful land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, here's the kind of uh, fruit it produces. It brought the fruit. Like, look how this is going to be great. This is the land the Lord has given us. But then he says, but the people living in the land are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Look that up. That's pretty cool, too. The Malachites live in the Negev and, the, and all the Ites live there, right? They live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live among the coasts of the Mediterranean Sea along the Jordan River. So they went throughout the whole country. If you know the country of Israel, from the, where they crossed, it's the southern part, and then they went all up to the northern part, which is by the Mediterranean Sea. It's gorgeous. You should go there. We'll go there in 2021, maybe. So this, they come back. Ten of them say this. Listen, it's, yeah, we're not going to do it. We do not have the confidence Look how big they are. Look how strong their cities are. Look, it is a g- it's good. right? God's plan for you is good. But man, it's going to be hard. I don't know. Whew. Ten of them came back and said that. And then Caleb said this, but Caleb tried to quiet. Basically, he said, shut up. He said to quiet the people as they stood before Moses, and then he said, let's go at once and take the land we can certainly conquer it. Why did Caleb have that type of confidence? He didn't. He had courage. He says, no, this is what God has given us. This is what our ancestors have died for. This is what he said that we can become and who we can be as a people. And we're going to stop because we're afraid. One thing I tell my kids all the time, it doesn't matter what it is, and I don't always have these great dad words of wisdom, if you know me, but I do this, we never make a choice out of fear, ever. Fear is never from God, ever. Confusion is never from God, ever. We make decisions out of faith. We believe that God has said you are going to become this. And we do it. Not because it seems easy, or because the road seems real, real nice and calm, but because God has said it. And Caleb comes back, he's like, you guys, 40 years and I feel for some of us. God is like, man, here's, here's, God has told you, this is what health looks like. This is what a heart of, a submitted heart to Jesus looks like. This is what it means to do the thing that's been, God has put inside of you. And you're trying to be confident. Your confident is not working. Because you have nothing to be confident in. Except for yourself. But God has not asked us to be confident. He's asked us to be courageous. And to be brave and to take risks and to step out into the thing that God has asked us to do. See, confidence is courage when it is seen that God has come through. And then when that happens, there's all sorts of confidence, right? Pfft, this next thing ain't nothing. Because of what did God has done last time. And when you stop risking, it's harder for you to see what God did last time. Because when you stop risking, you start allowing God to do mighty things in your life. The distance between the last mighty thing that God did and then this mighty thing that God did is pretty big, and then you forget. Oh, God hasn't done anything for me. But God's not called you to be comfortable. He's called you to be courageous. Not only will God lift you up out of your mess, out of your struggle, when you're stuck in your minds, in your emotions, in your life, he'll also carry you when you need to get to the next point and you've got nothing to give anymore. And then he will take you by the hand and lead you where you want to go. You guys can come up. We're going to close. Um, there's, a, there's a cool story also. You guys should read the Bible. It's awesome. You know, you know what I've been doing lately? I've been telling people whenever they say something, I'm like, yeah, it's in the Bible. Go check it out. I'm not sure if it is in the Bible, but if you start reading the Bible, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that wasn't in the Bible. Aaron's a liar. And that's okay. At least you're reading your <laughs> Bible. That's a win. So there's another story that's cool in the Bible. It's in the book of Revelation. If you don't know the book of Revelation, it's kind of crazy. If you, like, go and read the book of Revelation, you'll probably, like, freak out a little bit, right? It's okay. Um, And uh, because it's really interesting. It's really a prophetic book of the way the end will come and when Jesus is going to come. But there's this beginning part of the book of Revelation that's a pretty cool experience. And so John, who we read at the beginning, who said that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. That's John wrote that. John is exiled to this island in the middle of nowhere in the Mediterranean Sea. And he's there alone, one of the only uh, disciples not to get killed for his faith, not to be martyred. And John actually was the only one who didn't, who, he died of old age. And um, he is sitting at, in this island by himself, exiled because of his faith. And Jesus shows himself to him. So go read it in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 1. And, and Jesus is not like, like meek Jesus with the robe and you know, dirty feet or whatever. He is like King Jesus, clothed in majesty. And the description is awesome. And, and John is terrified because of the holiness and glory and awesomeness of the king of Jesus. And then he, re- he sa- says, John, it's okay. You're not going to die. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you letters to these churches. And, th- and this is what I'm going to read is a letter to one of the churches in, in chapter three. And he says this to one of the churches. He says, what God has shut, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. God says this, I know your deeds. See, I've placed them before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. It seems kind of mean for God to call it, say that we have little strength, doesn't it? We know you're weak, right? I remember reading that one time and being like, oh, thanks God, Jeez, I'm Trying to be strong here. But I, when I was a kid, my dad... He he's a large animal veterinarian, so he's he's a strong guy. Like he could still take me today. It's a challenge. Just kidding. Um and uh he would play mercy. Remember the game mercy where you put your hands together like this and then you'd have to like and then whoever says mercy first loses, you know? And he would always do this because he was really strong and he and so he'd be like, all right, Dad, this mercy. And then I'd, he'd say, okay, go. And I'd be like, oh, like all, all my strength, everything. And he's like, okay, when are you going to start? Tell me when you're ready. And I'd be like, go. And I'd do it with all I had. He's like, okay, did you start yet? You know, that was the joke for 30 years, right? And, and, uh, and I do that with my kids too. I'm like, when are you going to start? When are you gonna, tell me when you're going to start. I can only probably do that for another five years, and then it's over, but that's okay. But when I was thinking about this story, that story and our strength, God says, that is how I see our strength. See, you have little strength. Like, yeah, you you do great and you carry a lot and whatever, but your strength compared to the God of the universe is like a father that can carry everything in your life. See, no one can shut the doors that God has opened in your life. No one can shut them. Not even you. Not even your disobedience can shut them. The call of God is irrevocable. That's what a loving father does. Even in your dysfunction and in your disobedience and in your sin. God will still provide the good things he has for you because you have little strength. And we don't do things in our little strength. We do things in the strength of our Father who is faithful. So in your life today, do you need to be lifted up? Do you feel like in your own strength, because you know what happens if you try to walk through mud in your own strength? You get stuck worse. Or maybe you're like, I got to get to this point and I got nothing left and you need to be carried. Or maybe you're like, I have no direction or I have this thing that I want to do someday but I'm so afraid and I'm trying to have confidence and you need to be led by the hand forward. And the promise is God will come. Unto us the child is born and he will be a mighty God for you. So let's bow our heads, Lord. We just love you and we need you today. Lord God, thank you that all of us, you've given us the ability to carry weight and to carry the things of this life, but you've not asked us to do that. You've asked us to take on your yoke. You've asked us to carry carry very little, actually. So God, in our hearts right now, God, I pray that you just would speak to us, Lord to us who need to be lifted up out of the mess of life or maybe out of the cloudiness of our mind or maybe we have to be lifted out out of the apathy that is just making us stuck in every aspect of life. And God, maybe we're depleted and we don't know how we're going to get through the next week and you say you will carry us there. Or maybe we see where we need to go and we do not have the courage to do it. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the bravery to move towards who you want us to be. Jesus, as we sing this, just speak to us. God, and then individually now, you ask God to give you strength in these areas. The purpose of Jesus' coming was to save this world and to be a mighty God to you. So as we sit in in his presence and the peace of who he is, let him speak to you. Let him he- hear, what, hear what he has to say. And maybe let go of your grip and ask for his strength.